Hello, and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, David Brothers, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, Christopher Woodrow Butcher. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. This week, I am Chris, I'm hosting. We are doing the internet sensation of Once Upon a Time, Pop Team Epic, Volume 1 by Bukabu Okawa. And it's published by the good folks at Vertical slash Kodansha. And two volumes are available. We're just covering Volume 1. And it is a four-panel comedy strip. Uh, yon comma, as we say. Yon being four in the biz. And it's a lot to talk about here. The, the, the number one one, humor. Humor is very subjective. <laughs> and it's a funny, funny strip. Harder quotes on that, depending on where you're coming from. Yonkama are traditionally insanely unpopular in North America. Yonkama tend to be some of the worst-selling books in translation at manga publishers, and so everyone's terrified of doing them. And then, of course, everyone will go, Blake, but what about usually Azumanga Daio, which is, you know, the exception that proves the rule. Like, that one sold really well, despite being questionable as all heck. So, yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of stuff to talk about. There's, talk like, internet sensations. How did this one sell? Oh, we we've got we've got so much to go, but I think we should start with did we actually like it? Question. I want to start. I want to start with Deb actually this <laughs> week because <laughs> David is super familiar with, with Pop Team Epic. Chip was not familiar at all. So let's start right in the the mushy middle here of uh, of Pop Team Epic awareness. Deb, what did you think of sitting down and reading a whole book of Pop Team Epic strips? Well, in general, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a fast manga reader. This mm. was actually took me a long time to read, and I'm not sure why. It's fun, but I maybe and I maybe caught, mm, I'd say, forty percent of the jokes, mm. and then the rest of it was good. was kind of like left me, you know, head scratching. And then there was that diagram, and I think in like one of the pages that. Like you, most people will even understand ten percent. So I kind of felt a little self satisfied at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know you're in for a treat when one of the jokes in the book is you're only going to get ten percent of these jokes. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I will say the oh, the one joke that made me be like, oh, I'm getting it. I'm on the right vibe. Was Star Ice Cream, where <laughs> the two little Sanrio looking characters are, you know, hopping through the the through space. One of them trips into a trips into a pit and it's like help me and the other one his face opens to reveal literally star scream from the transformers going now i star ice cream will be uh, like the, the lord of the like you know decepticon stand-ins and i was like that is such a deep cut 1980s joke i can't believe that this is a book that has that in it so i i feel what you're saying like when you get one of the when you get one of the jokes you feel good you feel real real good <laughs> All right, David, resident pop team epic expert. What did you What did you think of the book? I wouldn't call myself an expert necessarily. Hiding me up too <laughs> oh, high here. You? Yeah, <laughs> but no, I know pop team epic from Twitter. Like I was around when it was kind of blowing up, and everyone was going nuts for Hellshake Yano and things like that. And I've Sorry, seen what year was that? Like 2015, 2016, maybe. Okay, all right, yeah. Like before the pandemic is the best I got right now. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. yeah. <laughs> the before times. Yeah. 
it was one of those Twitter things that was kind of perfectly suited for Twitter, where it's like weird and like really in your face off putting, but also super funny if you if you get the jokes they're telling. And so a lot of these jokes, I feel very called out because I do get a lot of them much more than I thought I would. <laughs> and some of them are super funny. Some are like complete whiffs. And overall, I think the book is one where like I read a lot of it kind of in one sitting and was like, this is too much. I need to spread these out and read them over the course of like several days. So I think you hit like pop team epic saturation where the anti oh, yeah. stops working a little bit. But when it's on, it's on. There are so many like good subtle jokes that are maybe only subtle if you don't know what the property they're homaging is. So I'm like kind of pro. Hmm. Yeah, let's go with kind of pro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do remember Hellshake Yeno because it was just everywhere. All of a sudden, and I was like, what are these people talking about Hellshake Yeno? Like, I'm sorry, I was just thinking about Hellshake Yeno. Like, what? Have no idea. Have no I could not figure it out. So Every once in a while, I would see like one of the panels come up because these is, these are like perfect reaction panels. I took like two dozen screen caps of this just to, <laughs> I don't know, for a future in which I participate in social media again, but probably not. But it was fun for me. So, yeah, I feel you. It, it, was, it was really, really huge and also super obscure, which I think Twitter also loves. Like mm -hmm. they don't if, if, if everyone if your dad gets the humor and knows what you're talking about, then it's not cool anymore. And it was just a confluence of things chip mm -hmm. <laughs> notorious hard judge of everything humor i would actually first what did you think of the color pages at the beginning we haven't done that in a while did you like the color pages at the beginning yeah that's fine okay good, good. yeah <laughs> what, what did you think what did you think of pop team epic i loved it and i'm surprised i missed out on it at the time a lot of it's really in my wheelhouse for sure and i get what david's saying about like pacing yourself a bit with them because it does lose its impact a little bit but i almost mm. always laugh at a close-up of a dead-eyed cute face saying something horrible <laughs> yeah like it's it's absolutely my jam and there's so many of those in here and maybe by the end just like okay yeah i get it but it, they still they still just get me they still just get me through. I screen grabbed so many of these and i sent them to so many friends as i was reading it <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely a hit with me. And uh, yeah, obviously I didn't get a lot of the references. I'd say I I laughed a lot at 10% of this. And I smiled at, I chuckled at like probably close to 50%. Mm, that's pretty good. And then, and then like some I just appreciated the, 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 the general comedic tone of it even if i don't get the reference fully like if a manga character shows up or an anime character shows up from something like there's still a joke there for me it's not necessarily mm -hmm. contingent on me understanding who that character is like there's one joke where it was literally about like like a, a, a manga character just shows up and they call out the fact that a manga character just showed up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we're, she's making like cold tofu and then just this character that's drawn in a completely different style goes, hey, hey, that just ain't right. And then she goes, a character from an old manga making a cameo pisses me off the most. Like, <laughs> I don't know that character. I don't know if there's another joke there for me, but I still laughed because it's yeah. so ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, like surreal humor is like people keep saying like anti-humor, anti-comedy, but like 
it's not even anti because like you could just do a bunch of random stuff and like no one's gonna laugh like there's a certain pacing to it that sells the yeah, joke. but there's a bunch of that in here too there's like a bunch of stuff that's just like totally random stuff that doesn't i don't think connect to anything i think it's literally just like that week he wanted to do a strip that was like really hateful towards his audience <laughs> <laughs> Quite good, Chris. I have I have to, to ask yeah, yeah, you though. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you explained what the concept of this. Oh my yeah. god, I didn't. I explained oh, yeah. it when when we recommended it, and I just listened to that episode last night. So I was like, oh yeah, everyone. I just listened to me talk about this book, <laughs> so everyone must be on board, right? All right. So now that you know what we all think of Pop Team Epic, Pop Team Epic, as I mentioned, is a <laughs> wait. What do you think of Pop Team Epic? What. Well, I will get to that in just a moment, but I do think we all have right. to actually clue the readers in. Deb is right. Deb is Deb is right. Wait, let's do it all over again. Start over. Ugh. Welcome to Manga's Planning. <laughs> oh my god. Let's do it again and we'll do it in different voices like the anime. <laughs> get real meta on this episode. <laughs> oh, actually, David, let's do that. Let's just put this whole episode again at the end, but just pitch shift everything down an octave. Yeah, it'll be two <laughs> it'll hours be long. Like it'll be great. Hour. It'll be perfect. <laughs> Pop Team Epic is about these two like adorable little girls. One is tall, one is short. The short one is super violent. The tall one is more chill and cool. And just stuff happens. It's not about anything in particular, but it is about it is it is a strip about being the kind of person who understands the references that are in the strip. It is hyper, hyper self-referential and niche, but the niche is the entire not niche Americans, niche. The niche is the entire internet. The niche is the entire internet, which is not a niche anymore. It's just everything, right? It's like anyone who knows how to log into a Discord server, this is your humor, or even has a Twitter account in 2006. So, and it is, I don't know, there's nothing else to say about that. You just actually kind of have to read it. Luckily, it's not hard. Luckily, if you type Pop Team Epic into search and hit image search like people have clipped every single every single strip <laughs> that is good <laughs> or at least made them laugh and that's actually what i think of pop team epic so I, I was going i was screen capped a bunch of stuff i think chip mentioned the same thing and now i was going through my screen caps just before this episode and all the, i laughed at every single page and it was like oh right there's like a lot of really good stuff in pop team epic but it's 128 pages, so like you know, roughly two strips a page. If you clip out just the stuff that you like and read it, it's a it's a real tight like real tight 30. It's a real tight 30, <laughs> and that maybe is what I think of Pop Team Epic. It's like maybe this strip is best on the internet. Like this is this is one of the questions I want to ask, and it's like a larger internet quest like culture question. I don't know if we're gonna solve it here, but like. I kind of feel like this strip. Hmm, it's it's a it's almost like a pro piracy argument, and I'm I'm gonna tread real carefully here. But I feel like this strip, oh, oh boy, <laughs> belongs to the internet now. Like it started off as a web serialization that was free on the publisher's Takeshibo's website, oh. and so people would go for free and like read it and repost it and things like that. And one strip at a time or just a couple strips at a time or you would, you would encounter like a, a reaction panel or how many. And it's and it feels like the ideal format for this maybe isn't a book. Maybe it is just a series of reaction gifts. What do you think about that? Like, do you, wh- uh, hmm. 
what makes it belong to the internet? Like you kind of said, because that's where what it that became means, popular. But... Yeah, like hmm. is this a, this is a really I think it's a really it's weird the... idea. I yeah, go ahead, David. I don't think I agree, but I also don't think I like quite get what you mean because I think it's sort of like Adult Swim, where it's one of those things where it belongs to the internet in the sense that there's like a great attachment to it. Mm. But there's still like the original, you know, art that led to this. And context and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like when it. the there's like an adult swim trend that was on the internet for a while of people kind of just doing stuff and then the like the adult swim logo would drop up, like their old bumpers from the early two thousands. Yeah. And I think that's very similar to this, where it's like it's something back then struck a nerve with people the same way this struck a nerve with people. From, you know, mm. Hellshake Yano to, you know, your life ends in 30 minutes. Like all these little bits and pieces that are perfect for the internet, but I don't think that that necessarily gives the internet dominion over them. Ownership. Yeah. Yeah. But does this. It, so the great question I went into this with was do these strips work outside of the internet, outside of like the time and the place? Could someone just pick them up and start reading? And Chip proved that you can. So maybe my thesis is is, is gone to shit, right? Like maybe yeah. this isn't like I'm, I'm looking at a <laughs> I'm looking at screen cap right now. That's just a panel that is you will pay oh, for my labor with your fucking life. And it's like who like yeah, that's the most right now reaction gif you could possibly have. <laughs> like I feel like there is still a lot of contemporary relevance to this work, which is. For a four-panel humor strip is, is kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, something can become dated because of the references. Something can become dated because just that brand of humor is no longer relevant mm. or in vogue. Like, I don't know if I hand a kid a Garfield book collecting a bunch of strips if a kid would be like, yeah, this is great. Like, the same way I thought it was great when I was a kid. Or, frankly, mm. any of those strips from, like, the 80s. So, like, with, with this, like, it's a type of humor. It's definitely an internet-based type of humor, but that doesn't. But that just means like it's just based in a period of time, the same way any newspaper strip is based in a period of time. Like it might seem hyper-focused for like two or three years or whatever, whereas like Garfield or Peanuts is like a broader range of time because they were a bit more general appeal, I guess. But. Mm. But it still works. But it works on me because I was I was laughing at stuff during that period too. It's not like we're handing. If we handed this to my parents, my parents would be like, "What? <laughs> what's wrong with you?" <laughs> like they just they wouldn't get a single thing in this, like mm. nothing, zero parts of this. Would they be like, "Oh, that's a funny joke"? They'd just be worried. But like, I was still I was still of an age reading like <laughs> Perry Bible Fellowship or Hark of Vagrant or whatever, like the web comics. Oh yeah. So I so I, I have that kind of I understand that pacing and and that kind of punchline, and sometimes the anti humor of it all. These are kind of evil Kate Beaton comics. Yeah, Kate Beaton did Hark of a Grant. Yeah. Harry Bible Fellowship was oh, what's his name? Nicholas. Uh, bud. Nicholas. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I got a funny Nick story. I picked him up at a truck stop at two in the morning one time. Uh, we were all going to SPX. <laughs> Anyway, it's an interesting, I lived an interesting life. You've got me, okay, you, you, you triggered two ideas. First one is, what does Bukab Okawa's version of ducks look like in 10 years? 
<laughs> <laughs> because Ark, Ark of Agrit bit Kate doing ducks. Now I can't even imagine what that is. Uh, wow. It might be the story of Takeshobo. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and two, I want to see, you mentioned Peanuts. And Peanuts has those big, beautiful Seth-designed collections from Fanagraphics. Like, and you read those, and the humor kind of still works in old Peanuts. Like, mm-hmm. the very first Peanuts strip, here comes Charlie Brown. Yeah, good old Charlie Brown. How I loathe him. And it's just like, oh, wow, okay. Like, that actually still resonates across generations. Do you think this, do you think this will do that? Does anyone think this will do that? I mean, there's no way to tell. Because you just don't know where culture is headed. Like it, it might, mm. it might seem quaint. It might seem like, oh, I remember when jokes were like that. Mm. Yeah, like even peanuts. I don't know if he handed it to a kid now. If they'd be like super jazzed about yeah, it. No. Like you I reference those collections. Yeah, you reference mm. those collections, and like, yeah, that collection was put together by a fifty-five-year-old man, like Seth or whatever. But like Poco, for example, right? Poco had very. I guess, timely type humor, but it's still enjoyable from an art point of view in some respects. From an art point of view. Yeah. And some of the humor still works. It's just that not all of it will, but mm, I don't know. Is it like Equid, Chris, or I don't know. It's kind of, it's got this real, like, I'm going to kick your ass kind of humor, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I was going through Equid and there's a lot of stuff in it that does not work that now, but the majority of it does. They ever get that collection out. Knock on wood. Yeah, I think I think Akewood could be more popular than it was in its initial run, actually. I think that it's tapped into something about people. Uh, really, really works, regardless of <laughs> the time and the place that it's set. Although the Emerald Lagasse jokes are pretty good, and I don't know those are going to resonate. Yeah, we don't know that guy anymore. <laughs> yeah, we don't know that guy anymore. <laughs> Just watching something that was referenced Emerald, and I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, bam. He was everywhere for a while, like for <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, I I find it I find the whole thing fascinating because I don't think this collection, you know, I'm I'm going out on a limb here. I don't think this collection sold very well because this is the they did first season and second season. They did two seasons. There's seven volumes. There's six volumes of this in Japan, and a seventh volume just started serialization. It's in every bookstore I check. Like it's still selling well enough to earn its spot on the shelves in Japan. I'll throw a photo up in the show notes. I took it because I knew we were doing this episode. So I find that really fascinating that like they did volume one and two. They did volume two in like 20, 2019. And then they're just like, we're good. We're okay. I think the world has enough pop team epic in English or at to least, be, you know. Yeah. To be fair, it. there is something that happened after 2019 that may have like caused every company to rethink what they're putting out. <laughs> oh touche <laughs> touche indeed is it just me or this this volume doesn't have a number on it so the, the first one doesn't have a number and then the second one is just pop team epic the second season but also oh. doesn't have a number on the spine which oh. i think is hilarious i haven't asked kodansha if they're going back to the well and doing the rest or anything like that this is all supposition on my part but i do think it's been three years without a new volume i think we can all and then we can all take a hard guess, hard, hard guess at that one. Let's get, let's get, let's go a little lighter. Let's go a little lighter for a second. Yeah. Let's lighten this podcast up. What was your favorite strip in Pop Team Epic? David, favorite oh, strip man. in this volume? I need, actually, there was a little bit, I thought, 
that was kind of funny, but not super funny. But like, I appreciated the reference. There's a like a between chapter strip where the two characters say heaven or hell, let's rock. And it that was what the announcer said in Guilty Gear X2 when I was a kid. It was <laughs> oh, like I did a, not get that reference. Deep cut, you know, fighting game reference. There's like a Metal Gear solid joke in here. I don't know if I had, like, I can't think of a favorite strip off the top of my head. There's a lot that I liked. But I think what I liked most is how it's sort of, like, overall evil about pop culture. Like, they mm. kind of go after publishers. They go after, you know, history. There's, like, folklore jokes, video game jokes. There's a mass joke in this, which I'm really curious if it was what it was like in the original Japanese. So, yeah, I don't have a good answer to your question, but I like the vibe overall. Like the vibe overall, but that doesn't help me put something in the show notes. Let's go to yeah. Deb instead. Maybe Deb will have an answer that is more <laughs> visual. Deb, what was your what was your favorite strip? Oh, well, beef or chicken is my favorite. <laughs> it's like early. chicken is your favorite. <laughs> like you're lucky to be alive. Or I like the one on number four. It's like if I see an exclamation speech bubble, I'll die. Huh? And then the and then character die. dies like four times because each time the woman yeah. goes, huh? She kills him again. <laughs> so that one's pretty good because it's, I like that kind of like meta humor. I also am very attached to number 68, Twitter Bitchin' Man. Twitter Bitchin' Man. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Because <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, oh, that woman isn't looking after a kid. It's times I wish that Twitter Bitchin' Man was here. <laughs> and Twitter Bitchin' Man is like going, a mother glued to her phone instead of looking after a kid. Is this how we want our country to be? <laughs> it's yeah, such a perfect line. Complete yeah. Twitter. It was so good. So those spoke to me very directly. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher, you can put number 96 in the show notes, which is a Super number, Mario number 96, World is- joke. It's got the, oh. the flying. She's going, Arg, I'm late, I'm late. And she's got a cape. And then she zooms down and then lifts up again. And that's how you fly yeah. in Super Mario World on Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. It is. It was so good. <laughs> uh, I, I got that one. I got that one. That one was good. Chip, what was your favorite strip? Oh, my God. There's so many. It's actually really hard. I'm going through all my screen grabs. <laughs> I like number 20, which is her hearing lightning outdoors and then manically knocking open the windows and goes, fuck you say to me, you fucking fuck. <laughs> fucking try me. <laughs> Just ready to fight the lightning. <laughs> yeah. The, that's good. Just a great gag one is her telling the robot, try saying rocket punch, number 53. <laughs> he goes, rocket punch, and his hand flies off, and he's like freaking out, chasing his hand, my hand. But the fact that she also goes, that's fucking funny. Like, <laughs> oh, the, the, the translation seems really, really good to me here. Like, mm. Like the, the the word choices are excellent. I think one of the most relatable ones that doesn't rely on anything is number sixty two, where she's leaving and goes bye bye blankie. I'm off to school, and the, the blanket oh, yeah. starts to go on top of her. She's like, ah, oh, don't! I'll be in deep shit if I fall asleep now. And it just slowly kind of goes to sleep. Like that's actually that's an insanely relatable strip. So like because because it's just like oh yeah no I can't get out oh and I get that when my cat comes onto me as well i'm like no don't don't if you you lie on me i'm just never getting up yeah there's somebody but but here's one that's like it's so small and it made me laugh so much 
don't know what page it was on. It was one of those pages where it's like just kind of the random collage of mm-hmm. bits. Oh, okay. The remix pages at the end of the chapters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's one where it's just the the small one just kind of leaning in and whispering to her friend. She goes, Can you keep a secret? I'm the webmaster of an aggregator site. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kills me because it's actually it's the perfect position to want to tell somebody in secret. It's like you're proud because it probably does quite well, but you're embarrassed because it's an aggregator site. It's just yeah. like the phrase webmaster, like all of it's just perfect. It's like, can you keep a secret? I'm the webmaster of an aggregator site. Like imagine if one of us just all of a sudden revealed to the, oh yeah, secretly I've been running a <laughs> an aggregator website. I don't know why, it just kills me. That's great. <laughs> like the little hand yeah 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 <laughs> like tee-hee. this reminds me a lot of nancy and like when sluggo is lit yeah. took over comics internet like i feel yeah. like it's kind of the same mm, kind of Sluggo's humor lit. where it's very like 2010s like people who grew up on adult swim and weird anime make jokes like this yeah for better or for worse <laughs> but chips old he laughed at this this yeah, is just I'm, a young i'm very cool yeah this yeah is gen x and and younger could get into these fun strips chips firm gen, gen x was around for adult swim right did you yeah. not have gen cartoon network technically adult swim was probably aimed at them in the early mm. stuff ah or millennials were just much much cooler i suppose yes I yes yes <laughs> my favorite strip was tease the ends Oh, yeah, that was a good one. He's the Ends was my absolute, was maybe my favorite, but the other one that that's another That's another one of the close-up at the end yeah. of the cute face saying something just like over the top. He's the Ends, make them beg for it. Make them beg for it. <laughs> but also the turtle. The turtle is the best, the best strip. Her turtle goes missing, and then it's sort of, she's like, where can my turtle be? And the turtle is like, ninja pressed up in the corner up behind her <laughs> yeah. and then it does a quick zoom right on his face and he's like getting ready <laughs> to <laughs> take her out but i also liked the fourth wall breaking stuff where she wakes up and she's like oh, i slept so well and it's play- it has the morning mood from the peter Gint suite underneath and then she sees it's nighttime and loses her shit and starts breaking everything and she's <laughs> breaking the shit out of morning mood because it's not morning and she slept the whole day away that's relatable <laughs> that i totally get <laughs> And also, given my predilection towards dance music, go Gramps, <laughs> the EKG flatlining and then turning into a fader was so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, go I love Gramps. the oots <laughs> That felt like a Perry Bible Fellowship strip to me. It did. You oh, can totally so, see it in that good. style and pulling out and seeing. Yeah. I want to talk about the anime, but I do want to ask... David, this is a you question. You're you're the the, the manga editor <laughs> of Amongst Us. These strips had all been translated, had all been fan translated before this book came out. Like, and that for a while there, they're being fan translated, scanlated, you know, whatever you want to call it. The moment they went up online in Japan, like there was such a hunger for new material that people were racing to do translations. What do you do when you get a book that has been not only fully translated already by fans? And have their own unique ideas about the punchlines, about the humor, about the tone, but also 
is super popular, like so popular in that translation is maybe the reason you felt compelled to to do the book in the first place. Because like a lot of these jokes, if you if you search any of these jokes we've been talking about online, you're like just as likely to get a completely different punchline or at least a completely differently told punchline than the ones that we've been saying. What do you do as an editor at when you're approaching a project like this? Because this was popular, man. This is like <laughs> I think you can't yeah, try to live up to that stuff. Cause then like you're at risk of, you know, like accidentally borrowing something from their translation that might be unique to their take. You know? So mm -hmm. the best thing you can do is kind of do a better job than they did if you can. And just yeah. live with the fact that, you know, there's another version or several versions out there waiting. There was a point where everything from, you know, Dragon Ball to JoJo's has been scanned and translated, you know, the heck and back. And the official translations always have a different flavor, different phrasing. The there's a different vibe or maybe a better like presentation. Yeah. So I never really think about the fan versions when I'm working on something that I know has been like scanlated. Just because like there's nothing I can do about it. And I can't replicate what they're doing because that feels very dishonest at the same time. Yeah. 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 That makes I, sense. I'm worried about this this project in particular. I'm not worried because again, the whole point, the whole part of this internet subculture that, you know, really made this made pop team epic a lifestyle is the, you can't take anything too seriously <laughs> portion mm -hmm. of the internet. Like, Oh, the, the, you mad bros of the internet are, are looking at this. So even if the translation was different, I don't think that anyone was going to get super invested. It would probably just be shit posting in like a, a real casual way. Whereas mm -hmm. in the weeb corner of the internet, being upset about translation differences is like a full-time job. Yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one, I think, I think it's, it's probably just like, oh, that's the official version for people that are edgelords. Yeah, I think, I'm glad to, I think the humor still holds up. And humor is tough too. Have you worked on any humor projects? Not, not a straight up comedy, I don't think, outside of maybe some random Shonen Jump stuff that I did years ago. Well, the Deadpool mm. book was funny. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call that a humor project, but I guess, yeah, that does count. It's like action in my yeah. head first or superheroes in my head first, and that's always mm. kind of funny. But nothing like this where the meat are the jokes. Or like Deadpool still had like yeah. a story and all that kind of stuff going on. Sure, I think yeah. it would be fun, but also really stressful, you know, translating jokes and getting the humor across. Because like if they did footnotes for this book, it would be twice the size. It's explaining all the things that happen, all the things that they're referring to. <laughs> you know, there's so much that's unexplained in here and still funny, which I think is a great credit to the writing, to the you know strength of the work, like Chip was saying. There's even a mass joke in here for you. Yeah, yeah what, they really about, covered all yeah, the, the mass joke. I really want to <laughs> know what the mass joke. I assume it was like just a Japanese property. Maybe it was like blackjack or something. Because whenever there's a medical joke, it's usually blackjack. But like they would have left that in vertical published blackjack. So I have no idea what that joke is, but it's kind of wild. Yeah. No, I was very surprised to see it, and it kind of speaks to the anything goes nature of Pop Team Epic. Like there's the running joke about like the god of blah 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 shows up, the god of laziness, the gods of jazz. There's all the murder references, all the crying panels. Like there's a lot of like little bits they do very well. And just like parroting some random TV show almost fits. Like I'm surprised there wasn't a Columbo joke. 
considering how big Columbo mm. was in Japan. <laughs> yeah. What sells <laughs> what sells the mask joke is when the one character goes Klinger and the other one goes, sorry, hot lips, Houlihan. Like doing the full name <laughs> yeah. is what makes the joke. <laughs> if she just said sorry, hot lips, I'd be like, oh, that's all right. Yeah. But there's they dance across and back and forth across the line of copyright infringement constantly. <laughs> yeah. Which is again another it's, joke. Like 149 is yeah. a long Disney joke where one character is just going, you know, you're quite a daredevil for doing a Mickey Mouse impression. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that leads us to different versions. Different versions of Pop Team Epic leads us to the anime. And the anime was announced and people kind of lost their minds and that it was getting an anime. And the first episode premiered and in its time slot, instead of being the anime was literally a, the beginning of a three minute shoujo anime instead called Hoshino drop star drop or whatever. And it was about girls who were forming an idol band and a guy who were, they all lived with. It was like a harem anime shoujo comedy situation and just as it's about to end the opening credits, which are beautifully animated, Popoko bursts through and is like, no, fuck this shit. And then like starts the actual Pop Team Epic opening, which has a kickin' soundtrack, which the lyrics are completely insane. And that brings us to the anime. And this is the first, I think this is the first official time where I'm like, no, you guys got to watch the anime as well, because they adapt this material in a way that is, I think, really interesting. Chip, you hate anime. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. What did you think of the anime of Pop Team Epic, especially because you like the comics so much? Yeah, I didn't care for it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was fine. There, there, there were parts that I'm like, oh, okay, that 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 works. But honestly, like the jokes sit better in my head from the page. That is an unpopular opinion. No, I know I'm an unpopular man. <laughs> I mean, like I I get it. Like watching, I'm like, okay, I I can see why people like this. But a lot of the rhythms and the effects and the motions and the pacing of it just just felt off to me. But yeah, I mean, there's such a rhythm to a, a four-panel gag strip that I think once you try to adapt that, it becomes a totally different thing. That's that's great. I think they probably did the best job that they could. It just yeah, it just doesn't doesn't sit with me. Hmm. The animation did actually adapt some of these strips into short animated segments, but they also did original material that was sort of based on the characters. They expanded a bunch of stuff out. It's, I think some of the jokes work better in anime. Deb, did you watch the anime when it originally came out? Were you a pop team epic anime watcher fan? Not, not like every week. I mean, it wasn't like I was like, Oh my God, it's a new episode, right? Mm. My friend, Simona, she's an Italian Japanese translator who lives in Japan. Like, she loves, loves, loves Pop Team Epic. I think she even has like one of those Japanese silk satin jackets with like oh, embroidery wow. with like Pop Team Epic on. It's like, whoa. <laughs> 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 right? So I wasn't like, I didn't quite get what everyone was like all into, but it's fun. There are certain ones where I'm like, like 126. Or it's just this guy with sunglasses and he's got a mustache and you're seeing the two characters talk in the reflection of sunglasses. Like that one makes more sense as an animated run, right? Because it's just, they took it to whatever levels, the strangeness. Yeah. 
And it also kind of like started to, you know, like how sometimes you can read this and go, oh, well, this is just silly. But then you watch the anime and you think, okay, <laughs> this is an anime to watch on drugs. <laughs> and not saying I'm recommending you do so, but I will say that it's probably will make your stomach hurt laughing if you're a little drunk or high or whatever, because mm. it's really surreal. <laughs> Maybe we need to feed Chips some Chardonnay and then get him to watch. Chardonnay, theme epic. My, Chardonnay. my drug of choice. <laughs> well, rosé is your drug of choice, but sure, uh, Chardonnay yeah. will hit harder. David, did you, uh, I mean, being the expert on Pop Team Epic, you must have watched the anime when it was yeah. coming out. The So the Netflix presentation, they don't subtitle the second half of the anime, which kind of kills the funniest joke of the series overall. Oh. Yeah. Which would, is that, would you explain the joke for our readers who are not listening mm, or who are not yeah. going to ever watch Team Epic? Like, so they play the first 15 minutes or 12 minutes or whatever is an episode straight up. Like they'll do several bits. They'll jump around from scene to scene and then they'll, you know, take a break and then they'll come back and run the same like 12 minutes again with different voice acting for every episode. As far as I can remember. Oh, <laughs> and like so- sometimes slightly different animation. Like it, it's a good bit because it's so oh. stupid. You know, <laughs> like it's one of those ideas where you're like, this is really annoying, but they do, they put so much work into the like alternate voice acting. Like they do a lot of stunt casting. They bring in like really professional people that it ends up making it really funny. So I like the anime, but because the only place I can stream it right now is Netflix and they messed it up. I don't really watch the anime like mm. the way I would rewatch something on, you know, some service that actually works. And is it run by a madman? Crunchy's got it, apparently. Crunchyroll is supposed to have the the episodes, the simulcast versions, which is the regular voices and then the stunt casting voices in the second half. Mm -hmm. The conceit is, according to Wiki, according to the internet, they couldn't get, it's a 15-minute anime. They they started working on it as a 15-minute anime, but they couldn't get a 15-minute time slot. There was only half an hour time slots available. So they just bought the whole half an hour and then decided to double up the animation and just bring in new voice (laughs) actors for the two leads and it the two voice actors are always people who are famous as a duo in other contexts so either they've done voice acting together on a different show or they're best friends or they're both famous people who don't do voice acting and just like they're like a comedy duo whatever and it's usually two ladies in one half and two dudes in the other so they've got these like super deep masculine voices doing their like little girl weirdo jokes which is also hits pretty well and it's it's a huge I can't think of anything uh, in anime that's been like as huge of a fuck you, uh, like a like a hilarious, like high concept joke. Like, oh, you just watch 15 minutes. You're going to watch exactly the same jokes again, just like Teletubbies, just like we're going to do the same thing again because this is what you like, but with slightly different stuff happening. And because so much of the episode would be improv by the voice actors, Mm -hmm. the improvs get different. So there is a reason to watch both versions. After the third time watching both versions, Andrew tapped out. He really liked the first half, but he's like, <laughs> it's just the same thing over again. I'm like, no, no, it's really funny. And I'm like, he's like, no, nah. he was not part of the internet generation growing up. It's one of the many things I love about it. So yeah, that's uh, Pop Team Epic. Knowing, knowing the reason behind them doing it, like yeah. needing that just extra. Just a huge shit post. Oh, yeah. it's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> right? My favorite jokes are the ones that are like, you put in way too much time and effort into. Yes. Mm. For, for, for a minimal change. Like, it's so funny. 
You have to explain what Hell Shake Yano is because I just didn't know what that reference was. He's just like a hot dude and singer. (laughs) The the animated version is two guys kind of flipping over pieces of paper, like Uh like keyframes almost. Like it's one of those jokes. I don't think I could possibly explain in a way that makes it sound at all funny. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) okay. I was trying to think. Like, is this a reference I missed? No, I think he's just Hellshake Yano. It's like a ridiculous name for a ridiculous dude. <laughs> and like it took off, I think, because of that reason. Like it, there's just, there's so little to it that it be, becomes like a really heavy joke, you know? Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. The animation of this is interesting because it kind of follows in the wake of, there was like a very brief trend of CG animated hardcore anti-humor anime in like the early 2010s, like 2011-ish. Yeah. My favorite was called Gooda Gooda Fairies, which was another 15-minute show. But the first like eight minutes of that were like written comedy, like three fairies in a forest talking about random things. And then the last like six or seven minutes would be those same voice actresses doing improv in character. And a lot of times like coming up with like new dubs of things on the spot. Like things like that, where it's you're putting a lot of work into something that's going to make like maybe a fifth of the people who know about TV happy, you know, like a very, very low (laughs) number, but they'll be really happy. And I think the anime for this kind of follows in that same, I don't know, those same footsteps of like Chip was saying, doing a lot of work. But then the payoff is so good sometimes. The one of the more recent episodes back in November had a Final Fantasy 14 joke about. The character is trying to decide whether a stage was this version or that version. And it's so specific that I think only people who played the game would laugh, but there's still goofy stuff in there, like a character licking a floor, which is, you know, slapstick's always funny. Yeah. I don't know. It's dumb, but there's so many different levels that it loops around to becoming smart again. Oh, like Family Guy. Like early Family Guy, yeah, that is correct. And Futurama, <laughs> and so forth. I was so expecting you to revolt at that comparison. I was waiting for it. No, I no, really I, think, I get it. I get it. Like, I think early Family Guy had something, and then they ground it into the dirt over the course of you know, the next fifteen seasons or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, so did Simpsons, but you know, we, yeah. <laughs> what are you? I remember. I remember watching Family Guy as it was coming out, and I was I was kind of into it for a bit, but like. I don't know. Most most of it didn't land with me, but the one joke that did was when Peter fights some guy in like a chicken costume or something like that. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. it goes on for like ten minutes. It's like yeah, yeah. so long. It just gets so extreme. Like it, similar to the, the this joke. Like it's just something where they just went, "Oh, let's push this as far as we can." Like just amount of time that we're asking for the viewers to invest in this. Oh, there was an episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast called Fire Ant, and the entire episode was Space Ghost following an ant around and threatening its life. Like, the whole episode. <laughs> it's one of the <laughs> longest 12 minutes you'll ever see in your life. But it's so uh, funny by the end of it. Yeah. I don't know, this kind of humor is very much, like, right up my alley, I think. Mm. Yeah. But in certain doses, you know. Before we get to final thoughts, I want to actually, uh, it's going to be hard for Chip, but if you like Pop Team Epic or you like it, obviously you should go check it out. But I've actually been thinking about it in the context of other humorous manga I've liked that had bizarro 
wacko humor. And the one I've mentioned previously is Shortcuts by Furuyu Sumaru, which I caused to go out of print. It, <laughs> there were still copies available at Amazon from its first printing. It sold so poorly. And then people went and snapped them up for $13 a piece. And now it's like firmly in out of print territory. But like I think about that, I think about books like Heartbroken Angels, which were like wacky, like kind of anti-humor gag comics with like a lot more sex from the early days of pulp. If you liked Popsy Mepic, Deb, David, are there other humor manga you might recommend to people out there? Deb, you want to go first? I would say Azumanga Dayo. Really? Azumanga you'd go to, eh? Yeah, but I, because I'm so little of this kind of manga gets published because humor is so hard, mm-hmm. especially absurdist humor, you know? So, mm, yeah, it's really tough. Like, you know, of course, we've talked about the Head to Uma stuff, which is really strange and wonderful, but is it funny? Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm stumped. I'm sorry, David, you got one? Yeah, I would actually say Nichijo. By the creator oh, of City, we covered mm. a manga explaining on the first mm-hmm, season, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nichijo was the manga he did before City, and it's essentially exactly like City, but set in a high school. And there's like a girl mm-hmm. who's a robot, there's a talking cat. It's got the same level of really smart dumb jokes, you know? But mm. it's much sweeter <laughs> than Pop Team Epic, I think. Like, it's very mean to its characters, but it's more goofy from, like, a reading perspective than, you know, aggressive. Hmm. And Chip, you you liked this humor. Is there something in comics you'd be like, this is just as funny? I mean, I, I already referenced it, but Perry Bible Fellowship, I think, is probably the closest kind of comparison. Yeah. Uh, Aquid, Aquid, for sure, as well. But I think Perry Bible Fellowship kind of, like, hits that kind of, like dead-eyed, kind of cute, (laughs) horrible thing happening vibe that this Mm -hmm. does. The Weeaboo strip from Perry Bible Fellowship might as well be a Pop Team Epic strip. Have you seen the... Yeah, yeah. Like the word Weeaboo that everyone uses for anime fans now isn't even from anime. It's from Perry Bible Fellowship. (laughs) Oh, what about What's Michael? What's Michael's pretty absurd. We gotta read that. I Someone's feel like it's recommend more it. a newspaper strip kind of vibe, though. Man, actually, now that we've done, we've covered, I, I went straight to the hardcore comedy <laughs> instead of doing the gentle easing you in of what's Michael. I And it's about cats. Chip loves cats. Yeah, let's, um, hmm. Hmm. I already had my next book picked in my head, so I don't <laughs> know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. All right, final thoughts. Chip, start with you. Pop Team Epic, final thoughts. Thumbs up. Thumbs up from the chipster. David. I also give it a thumbs up. And after reading it, I'm definitely going to reread Nichijo now because I forgot that this kind of humor really hits the spot sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm pro pop team epic, but don't try to read it all in one to four sittings. Like you got to really stretch it out. <laughs> That's a good that's a good advice. We we actually made that advice on the episode where we recommended this as well. Like <laughs> if you're vibing, you're having a good time, keep going. But if you are like, well, that strip didn't do it for me and you get to the end of a chapter, stop, put it down, come back to it later when you're in a better mood. Deb, final thoughts on Pop Team Epic. 
I guess the, this conversation makes me realize, like, I wish there was more of this kind of manga in English, even mm. though I know it's so hard to bring it over. Because it's a really unique sense of humor, and it's so clever. <laughs> and even when I'm not getting it, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> like, like something, and then sometimes it's the moment after that I get it. Like, you know, the first, the first page of the book is a picture of a nondescript office building. Right, and you're like, <laughs> like, what the hell's up with that, right? And then you discover, oh, it's the Takeshiobo building <laughs> that they that the character relentlessly tries to blow up and terrorize several times in this first volume. It's like, oh, I get it now. A great joke. <laughs> it rewards a couple readings, and you know, at first, if you're like, wait, I don't get it, I feel stupid. It's like that's okay. All of us do. Just power, <laughs> power through it and just let it go and let it flow. <laughs> Mafia affiliated nice. Takeshobo Publishing Building. <laughs> one of the one of my favorite. I had so many jokes. I got so many jokes I liked. It's like if Doctor Doom kept knocking over Marvel headquarters. Like it's yeah, such right. A good bit. <laughs> Make it happen, Chip. Make it happen. <laughs> Wouldn't mind doing. But Christopher, what are your final thoughts? Final thought on this one is <laughs> leave that in, David. Leave that in where he wants to knock down the Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I read about half of this book while I was standing in line at the hospital in guided view because I was on my phone and I was reading it one panel at a time and it gave it like a real animation vibe. Totally worked. Totally recommend reading this book one panel at a time on your phone in guided view. If you happen to be stuck in an interminable line, I recommend it. <laughs> that, that's my that's my review of this book it even works and you're waiting in line for something terrible you don't even want to be there so this has been an, an episode of august landing on pop team epic we'll be back after the break with i assume some shout outs stay tuned and we're back and while we were in the break we realized we have to pick books this week it's not just shout outs so I am going to use my editorial fiat, my hostel fiat as host here and say, David, what is the book that you would like to pick next for Chip to read? I put a lot of thought into this when you asked me if I had a book about 45 seconds ago. And what I've come <laughs> oh, up with, good. <laughs> I've got one last book from my employer that I want to talk about that I think might be fun. I was tempted to pitch Joe's if he just talked about Pop Team Epic and flipping through the Joe samples on Kindle already has me laughing again. But I think instead we're going to do kind of a more serious work. It is Real Volume 13. We're once again skipping oh. a lot of volumes to get to a more or less standalone volume of this series. The series is about people who have been injured and use wheelchairs or going through physical therapy learning to walk again in different kinds of ailments. And it's about wheelchair basketball, partly. But volume gotcha. 13 focuses on a guy who is in a therapy class with one of the guys who plays basketball. Only he's a wrestler, and he wants one last like big match with his rival. He wants to go out kind of on top. And the way it's pitched, it's sort of about the competition, but also about getting older. It's got a very sane and vibe. Like I've lived through some stuff and now I'm looking back and here's how I feel about it. I held off on pitching this for a long time because it is unfortunately only in print. So no, if you want it, true. you have to go to, 
Oh, really? There's digital for real now. It's the only hey, one that's that in digital. A lot yeah. Volume 13 is the only one in digital? No, no. That's his only Takehiko no series. Oh, okay. In digital. All right. Oh, yeah. I missed that came out in digital. That rules. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I bought a paperback format of it on November 20th, 2014. So that was a birthday gift to myself almost nine years ago now. Nice. The, but yeah, I think Real 13, it's got a really fun story. It covers a lot of ground in manga that I think is really interesting as I get older. Kind of more about like how you live your life and why versus, you know, beating your rival. And I don't know, it might be fun. We'll do some grown man sports manga. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> can, can I ask, David, why you decided to do just 13, whereas on the last episode where we jumped ahead, you wanted to do 1 and 55 when we did Bleach by Titikubo? The progression is less interesting here. I think that real starts out in a good place and the drawings get better. But for Bleach, part of the fun was like, look at the gap between 24-year-old you know, Kubo and almost 40-year-old Kubo, the things they were drawing. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, for this yeah. one, like, I want to talk about the story more so than the way the series evolved. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So Real 13 is David's pick. Deb, what is your pick this week? First of all, let me just say, Chris, stop treating the mic like you're a crooner and pull back a bit from it. You're just like, you're, you're, pop, you're popping all the, all the I don't consonants have my, there. I don't have my pop filter on. Go ahead. <laughs> Deb, popping less now. Like a crooner. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the karaoke distance. My baby, love me. <laughs> My baby, love me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. Deb? Are you? <laughs> I don't think you are. I don't think you're sorry at all. Uh, oh, man. Oh, gosh. Well, let's see. You got a case of the giggles this week. <laughs> well, I... I think given that my cats have tried several times to interrupt me and while we're recording this episode, and obviously Chris wants to talk about this one, and I have no objection to doing this, but What's Michael? What's Michael is the funniest cat's manga ever. It's like one of the first ones that came out. It's about an orange cat named Michael, who, I don't know, kind of, you know, he's a, he's a cat about town, but every now and then he does really strange things like break out into a song and dance sometimes he is a he's a mobster sometimes he's dresses up sometimes he's a regular cat and sometimes he's something kind of imaginary and silly the artist makoto kobayashi draws in very elastic very expressive humorous faces that makes it just absolutely funny and in some ways it's 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 really a neat little thing because it's you know how garfield is kind of like a cat who doesn't act like a cat. He's kind of a wiseacre. And then she is a kitten who acts like a kitten. Somehow, what's Michael is somewhere in between these two and yet something different. Michael sometimes acts like a cat and sometimes Michael acts like a very strange cat-shaped human. <laughs> it's a lot of fun and I'm sure it'll be a good, a good laugh. I right. think Dark Horse has... An omnibus of that, right? Is that what the the re-release is? The big version has, I think, a couple volumes in it, and it's called the Fat Cat Edition. Is that the one we're reading? Are you going to make Chip read all 500 pages of What's Michael? Because that's funny. You should totally do that. I'm going to do the Pop Team Epic thing for a tip. I'm going to say, if if you're feeling it, keep going. If you're not, that's okay. 
but read as much as she fell down to read. Is there a digital for this one or just print? I believe there's a digital. I can look. Uh, I don't. Oh, I'm not. I don't see digital. Can anyone see digital on it? Hold on. Oh, yeah. Print only. Maybe. Okay. Well, I mean, like, I'll be in civilization soon enough so I can pick up a copy of What's Michael from our friends at Beguiling. Maybe. I don't know if I can. I live in Taiwan. Chris <laughs> <laughs> is the one that screwed this time. Yeah, uh, finally. I'll make it work. Yeah, yeah finally. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Kino Kunio will special order it for me. Next time I go to Tokyo, it'll be fine. Chris, what's yours? Yep. All right, so Chris, that's me. I actually had two picks, and they were both Deb's picks, so I'm <laughs> deeply grateful to Deb for picking one of her picks so I could pick her other pick, and that is Not All Girls Are Stupid, which we've talked about. The David picked... Minami Kuta uh, is the author, picked one of her short stories. Uh, we did the Blood Red Boy okay. ages ago now. And it was like a really good single chapter Jose manga about lots of things, sex, banging, the roles that we're expected to play in society. Women are supposed to be in society. It was so good, I actually went and read the other two Minami Kuta books that Starfruit Books had, which were Pop Life, I think they were called. It's just about two middle-aged ladies kind of co-parenting a kid and doing their own thing. It was so good. So good. I love pop life. So now that Minami Kuta has a brand new book out uh, called Not All Girls Are Stupid, it's a collection of their Jose work. I think that this would be a really good read because I've liked everything I've read by Minami Kuta. And Jose's so rare that like, and also Starfruit's an indie publisher. So it just feels good to pick it, you know, like on a couple different levels. We all liked that short story so much. I liked the, the book so much. And Minami Kuta, we met in person, and she listened to the podcast episode, so now she's our favorite. <laughs> so yeah, let's do it. Let's do Not All Girls Are Stupid. I think it'll be a really interesting collection of Jose short stories along the lines of uh, Blood Red Boy. What that makes that collection kind of special is that the way that she depicts uh, male-female relationships, and mm. that uh, there's no cute happy endings. There never are in life. I mean, it's very clear-eyed about, you know, what it means to have casual sex in a way that I don't know if guys will nod their head, but I was like, oh, yeah, it's like that, huh? Mm. <laughs> I can't I'm wait. In trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had casual sex. All my sex is very much... It's very serious. entwined. Yeah. Yeah, professional. <laughs> <laughs> Got it scheduled right in there in between yeah. writing Daredevil and drawing public domain in 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, regimented. <laughs> Man, this is actually, this is a really hard one. Usually there's like a for sure winner and a for sure loser. No offense to everyone. It's me. It's You just say no offense, Chris. I get it. No, no, you're not always the loser. Yeah, it's tricky. You know, maybe it's because I... We just did like gag strips. I'm going to put what's Michael at the bottom. But I'm also putting this uh, out to you all that we do volume one of what's Michael, volume one of Garfield, volume one of Heathcliff. Just go all in on orange cats. Anyways. I'm in. Are, are you serious? All I right, mean, buddy. I mean, if it's possible, I don't know if there's digital versions of these. Because you know that volume one of Garfield is terrible, right? Like. Yeah, it doesn't hit its stride until like volume three or four. This is the Yotes above uh, Catcom. <laughs> I know. I'm not wow. gonna. I'm not gonna do a. I'm not gonna yeah. do like a. I'm not gonna Shots do a fight. bleach where we read volume one of Garfield and volume 
55 of Garfield, which I believe it's at <laughs> already. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll take it to the Slack and determine whether or not we should actually do Garfield in the clip <laughs> and what it is about the orange cats. So anyways, that's going to be in third. And I think I think real volume 13 is going to be the top pick because David hit a thing awesome. with me about like a story about getting older, how you live your life and why. And I feel like I feel like I'm I'm really feeling that vibe these days, as you can tell by how I look. Which <laughs> um, <laughs> which means not all girls are stupid is in the uh, the I call that the pole position. Is that the second position yeah. or is that first? The mushy middle. The mushy middle. You <laughs> use that twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mushy middle. I week. like that. Mushy middle week. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's in at number two then. So yeah, so that right. is, those are my declarations. Look to the show notes. Pretty good list this week. To see to see the the order of the books that are coming up, it's quite a few books, and I think we're still actually behind on picks somehow. Probably my fault. So yeah, that sounds really good. Oh wow, Deb's already done it. Thanks, Deb. <laughs> I was gonna like update the thing while we were talking. All right, let's do some shout outs. Actually, let's do some shout outs. Does anyone have any shout? Does anyone want to go first? Anyone been watching anything? Reading anything? Doing anything cool? Mm, well, I saw, I I've got, got to read um, Cuckoo. Oh, we got two people jumping right in at first. Okay, Deb, you did actually start talking first, so we're going to give it to Deb. Deb, what is your what is your shout out? I went to Emerald City Comic Con this weekend, and I got to see our friend Zainab at Shortbox. She did her oh, first nice. U.S. show. So she gave me a copy of Cuckoo by Joe Sparrow. It's kind of an interesting story about a young woman going to art school and she's she has a lot of anxiety about her path forward in life she still lives at home but she's not sure what she's going to do but it's also surprisingly cosmic because one of the key plot points is that a meteor landed in her backyard when she was in middle school and somehow her memories of it is starting to make her feel insane so it's really interesting and cosmic and kind of relatable very down to earth and relatable, but also very cosmic and interesting. I don't want to reveal too much because it's it's a crazy book. But go check it out. It's going to come out in, I'd say mid, maybe in a week for now. Sharp Pox books. Nice. That sounds That's really cool. cool. A neat sounding book. Yeah, David, what's your shout out this week? I can I do a two part shout out, like a question and a comment uh, style. I'll allow it. I cede my <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. So I have a shout out and an anti shout out is what we're doing this week. <laughs> I, Whoa. I have really been flipping through Nichijou while we've been talking. And if you have, if you don't mind shopping on Amazon, go look at the sample for volume four. And it has some of my favorite jokes in the series. It's a solid, I don't know, dozen pages long. We will anyway, go look at that. Notes. Yeah, super good. Lots of funny drawing. <laughs> My anti-shout-out is to The Equalizer 2, directed by Antoine Fuqua and starring Denzel Washington and a beardless Pedro Pascal. Denzel is such a murderer in that movie that it was really distracting <laughs> and kind of off-putting. <laughs> like, just the links he goes to with his violence. Like, they're trying to do kind of like a John Wick thing and, like, righteous violence. But, yeah. like, he stabs multiple people at least a dozen times. And there's a point where you're like, okay, dude, like, you know, wrap it up. But it got to the point where it was really funny to where 
he stabs one guy and then like hits him and then kicks him off a cliff while looking directly in his eyes. And it's like, what are we doing here? Why is any of this uh, happening? And why is this guy the hero? <laughs> the first equalizer so, yeah. is so good. That's the funny part. Like it loses the charm somehow and becomes really preachy. Because it's all about this, his you know, precision. Yeah. In this one, he's just yeah. back to killing people. Like it's just yeah. a thing he does and lecturing people. That's a mm. shame. Very well shot though. Christopher, how about you? Do you have a, a shout out or an anti shout out? I, I like this anti shout out business, yeah, by the no, way. We, we can't start <laughs> good. trying to bring some positivity and end on a positive. You know what? Another yeah. thing yeah. I fucking hate. <laughs> there be lions. It's enough of those, enough yeah. of those podcasts, especially in the comic space. I was actually in Tokyo last week and I got to see Deb and that was really nice. And we went, oh, we went, we went to a, museums and hung out and had really delicious food and it was good but i actually went to uh popotame which is a indie book and art bookshop and art gallery and they came to tcaf i think a couple of years now and did a little english book but they had translated the work of a korean comics artist that i really like illustrator who does like watercolor comics they're really gorgeous his name is byung gun and they did a book just trying to find the title of the book on the Popotome, Popotome. Sorry. I think it's today's desserts. Today's desserts. Thank you. And it's three. It's like an ongoing story, but it's like short stories. And they actually produced a little black and white translated booklet version because the the version that they printed, they published in Japan, obviously is in Japanese. And they got Jocelyn to translate it. I picked it up and bought it. And I'm like, went for went for drinks with Jocelyn after, and I'm like looking at it it was like you translated this and she's like yeah yeah it was crazy <laughs> i was like why is she just translating everything so thank you jocelyn for translating it so just desserts or today's desserts sorry one to three i'll put a link in the show notes you get an english uh, translation with it it is not available digitally it's like a beautiful little art object full color watercolors really gorgeous comics that are not don't seem to be about a lot but about being in a moment that's kind of cool right i think we can all stand to be in the moment a little bit more yeah like a moment with myself sorry i know that is scary (laughs) yeah right tell me about it it's fun too because you'll if you've been to japan and as as chris obviously has been many times you'll see a lot of real places in tokyo that go oh it's kabukicho oh it's the shinjuku gyoen garden it's kind of nice and nostalgic and it's also kind of like this guy who's kind of overthinking things but then he gets a, a cake or dessert from, I think, a real restaurant that you can actually get the same dessert at. And he kind of calms down and gets out of his head. So it's kind of cute and relatable, too. Yeah, there's so many good books out there that are not translated into English. And it was nice going into that shop and seeing a beautiful book by an artist whose work I really admire. And then realizing that the shop commissioned an English translation just for like the little version that they're selling. That's cool. I'm super down with that. So I wanted to shout that out. That's actually uh, something you should all go. I don't know if you like pretty comics, I guess, that are lovely. Buy those and have them shipped from Japan. (laughs) She does have a mail order site. So you can get some of these things by mail order. But also, like a lot more people are starting to go back to Japan. Mm. It's really just a short walk from Ikebukuro Station. And it seems like you're just walking in the middle of a residential area. But it's a little gem that's worth seeking out. I think it's very special. 
I agree. It's a beautiful, beautiful little shop and absolutely worth your time. I think a lot of people know the other kind of cool indie shop, which is Taco Shea, because that one's in Nakano Broadway. And that one's like really easy to get to. Every nerd that goes to Japan goes to Nakano Broadway and it's up on the third floor. It's a great little shop as well. A little bit weirder and more sexy times, but a little bit more outsider art. But uh, yeah, Popotome, gorgeous little shop. It's just across from a park. They have beautiful books in for sale and they're publishing their own stuff now. So go check them out. Cool. So, and Chip, did you really cede your time to David? Do you not have a shout out this week? <laughs> I have a story of a shout out, which Uh-oh. will make sense as I tell you. Sure. Like so uh, last week, my wife is away on business. And so, you know, I want a party and I had errands to do in town. So I went to town, did my errands and I was like, you know what? All I want right now is to go to a movie and eat some popcorn. That's just like, that would be a dream. So I, it's, I'm like, this perfect. It's a, it's a matinee in kind of a dead town. I got there. There were two movies I wanted to see, Creed 3 and Cocaine Bear, but they just opened. So I'm like, it's going to be too busy. I'm still COVID scared. So the only other movie was Ant-Man 3. And I'm like, <sighs> well, I want to see Ant-Man 3. I saw Ant-Man 2 with you, and it was a very nice time. I know. We had a great time. But like, I'm a little burnt out on these these movies. But I'm just like, I really want popcorn. I want this experience. So I'm like, all right. And I walk up and I, I'm like, I want one ticket for an adult for Ant-Man, three, Quantumania, and a big old popcorn. And he pulls up the, the seating chart. And because it's been out for too long, it's in the really small theater. And it's half full. And I'm looking at this, the chart. I'm just like, hmm, hmm. I, I went, actually, on second thought, I will not be watching a movie today. Thank you, good sir. <laughs> I walked out like I was disgusted with the seating options. Uh, it was so uh, sad. I'm still not on board with just like hanging out with strangers and eating popcorn. So I just went out to the car and just drove home thinking about Ant-Man 3. So that's my shout out. If you, if you want to go see Ant-Man 3, go for it. <laughs> I, an editor friend was visiting in Oakland, visiting her, her parents. And I think, you know, they were six, so she was taking care of them. And she hit me up on a text one night and says, Hey, I need to get out of the house. Do you want to risk COVID to go see the Batman? And we did, we went to see the (laughs) Batman and we didn't get sick, but halfway through, we were like, if we get sick because of this movie, we have wasted our entire lives. Like we've messed up. (laughs) (laughs) So I respect your impression decision-making. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've seen movies in the theater during COVID and I've been masked and I didn't have popcorn, but I just really want the popcorn experience. I'm just like, I just don't want to take my mask yeah. off. If I'm going to see MF3, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be eating popcorn, frankly, because that's, that's got to heighten the uh, experience. I, I saw the latest the Black Panther movie by myself in the theater in the middle of the day, eating a big tub of popcorn. It's my first time just eating popcorn in the movie theater since that's forever. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good experience. Good experience. Anyways. Where I live, there are five movie cinemas within five minutes walk of each other. I don't know how this, I don't know how this works, frankly, but I live on, Amazing. I live one street away from movie street, literally movie street in English, not in Taiwanese or Mandarin either. And yeah, there's two theaters that are right next to each other. Another one at the end of the street and then one block down, there's two more theaters. So if you come visit, I will t- I will find an empty theater. I, I can't guarantee what you're going to watch, but I will find an empty theater for you to eat popcorn. Uh, right it's so frustrating. I'm like I'm 200 miles away from like an adult movie theater, uh, like that shows mm. like stuff that isn't just like 
for kids. Yeah, Ant Man's. Like I want to see Tar really badly, and it's like it's just nowhere near me. I had the ending of that movie spoiled for me, and it makes me want to see it even more because it can't possibly be what I what like I've heard it is. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Oh man, what's the movie? Tar. Tar. Yeah, the Kate Blanchett one. Huh, not heard of it. That's another movie like Pop Team Epic where people just pretend that it's real, like it has like weight in real life, which is another <laughs> yeah. bit that I love. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they have a Twitter account where, like she says, I'm looking for another intern again. Why can't yeah. these young people commit to a job more than a few, a few weeks? <laughs> don't, don't spoil it for me. I've, I've avoided all No, no, it, but it was one of those things that I, I put out there and I thought, oh. And then my friend goes, you know, that's a movie promo, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's not real. <laughs> but it's super funny to pretend like she is. So, yeah, uh-huh. yeah I want to see that, too. Mm. Oh, man. Well, that sounds like a good bunch of shout outs and anti shout outs. <laughs> don't go to the movies, says Chip. No, go. And don't Live definitely. If you do, don't go to see Equalizer 2, says David. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This has been an episode of Manga Explaining. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, it's a long one, too, it looks like. We will see you again in a little while, and we will tell you in, in, the, in the outro what it is, because I can't remember what the next book is. Thanks for listening. This has been Manga Explaining, episode number 94, Pop Team Epic by Cub Okubo. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing The Boxer by J.H. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop, and you can find a shop near you at comicshoplocator.com. Or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list and show notes at mangasplaining.com. And don't forget to check out our newsletter and publishing endeavor at MangaSplainingExtra.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.